there's a, a digital article. It's from the Daily Mail, you know, and, and I don't know if it's a joke or not, but it says, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but it says, uh, too much exercise can kill you, especially if you're a white man. Study finds 7.5 hours a week of fitness doubles your risk of heart disease. Uh, by Mia DeGraff for DailyMail.com. Oh, I, I don't know. I'd be wanting to bet that. <laughs> you would think, right? <laughs> you know, Excuse like, me. is is <clears throat> somebody trying to fatten up the Canadian the Canadian young uh, young people or what? Like, I mean, that 7.5, that's, so that's about, you know, an hour a day of exercise, more or less, right? 7.5 yep. hours. Well, so yeah. An hour a day is like, I think... Increasing per- your heart rate. Yeah, so so what? Like, I mean, it's I think it's part of conditioning. I think it's good for you. Yeah? Well, as a football coach, right? You know, Absolutely. Is it better to push the kids harder? I think, it, well, it's consistency, right? You should be conditioning every day. Yeah. You, yeah. The, the, the challenge is keeping it keep them focused and interested because if you're just doing wind sprints every day like that's boring right? oh wind so sprints are, wind, no no wind sprints are punishment you gotta hang that that's 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 for punishment you can, but you can do conditioning in different ways okay right? do, you, do you ever use wind sprints for punishment not for punishment we condition no. with it it's never used as a form of punishment oh jeez you got you, I tell you you're way too soft on your players no yeah okay well hold on let different me, kids let, are different let, yeah, kids are different these days that's you know what and that's the subject of tonight's podcast oh is it yes it is kids are different today you didn't even say hello to everybody you know what not yet i'm getting to it <laughs> right oh. i get i know no you know what this is this, this kind of important you know kids are different today absolutely let me tell you something when i played football <laughs> i played for a man god rest his soul named tom gallagher okay i coached against tom you, you coached against tom i played i played against him and i coached against him. yeah but there's a lot of people that wouldn't know who tom gallagher is and he was well, a, for the people in the hamilton area that yeah are. if you live in the hamilton area the guy was a legend i mean he he coached more championship winning football teams there was definitely you know a legacy I think of it's coaches 22? i think it might have been it's 22, 22 I, I, well, I, I was responsible for three of those myself personally or at least i was part of a team yeah take it easy you know what easy all right listen i i I remember that guy making us do wind sprints until we were ready to puke. Like, I mean, you yeah. could real, oh, you could get yourself in trouble real fast with Tom. <laughs> he had he was always chomping on a cigar. Cigar, that's right. And yep. and he was he was a mean man. You could do everything right, and he still wouldn't, uh, you know, really appreciate you. And it was only after the game was over and we had won that you ever see him smile. Yeah, you know. But he he yelled a lot. He was I, a tough old cop. He was, you know what, tough. Uh, I remember playing both ways and special teams, never coming off the field. No mercy, right? Yeah, he was. He he is what. Right. When you say old school, that's that's him. Yeah, that like I mean, him. if I ever thought I was going to take a knee because I was tired, no way. And if you're giving anything less than your absolute all out there, and somebody gets by you, wow, did you ever hear about it? You know, like pull no punches. Like there was definitely a time when coaches uh, were like drill instructors. But he did. He he did also have a high level of maintain a high level expectation of his players. Oh yeah, which is the one reason why he was why there was so much success there. Yeah, you know, and I mean, definitely, uh, you know, Tom's character, uh, I, I wouldn't describe it as flawed, but I mean, he, he had he had uh, he, he certain would, qualities that I, I think you'd find less than desirable in some people. He would, very, he would find it very challenging to coach today. Oh, are you kidding me? He'd never be able to coach today. You find it funny. Oh, jeez, no. You know what? Like, I, I mean, that was the 80s. And I mean, Tom... Tom was not uh, above thinking racial slurs, I'm sure, if he wasn't using them. I mean, he was a good man, but uh, he was miserable, and he was definitely old school and from a different time. And I think that a lot of kids today wouldn't, uh, you know, I, I'd say a lot of it was wrong, too. But, I mean, definitely it, it left a lot of us, and not racism and bigotry, but, but rough treatment of uh, tough, you know, love. tough love was in full swing back in, you know, the 80s. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't have any of these mass shootings and we certainly didn't have uh you know the problems i, I know that they weren't prescribing medications the way no but there, they were, are today. there were problems then but they were dealt with once they were dealt with they were done yeah well like, i mean even if it came to fisticuffs not necessarily in the classroom but it's like hey i'll meet you at door three at, at oh at yeah Cecil, oh yeah we'll settle this oh yeah we met at door three got yeah. settled and then that was it yeah yeah and you it know, wasn't i'm coming back with three friends tomorrow and then that, that two weeks from now, I'm going to bring eight friends and we're going to have knives. It was, it was yeah, never, and we're, it was never that. And, and we're going to we're going to flash our gang signs in front of the uh, you know 
screen during a live chat from Facebook yeah. or something like that. Like, I mean, the nonsense that goes on today is really like, when I mean, it was done, it was done. It was, you know, in the old days, if you had a problem with somebody and you didn't settle it on the spot, if it deteriorated to the point where it turned into, I'll see you after class type, type territory, most guys uh, knew they had fucking gone, you know, way too far and it would rip through the school and nothing flat. And then if you didn't show up, Right, you oh, were. Yeah. If you didn't show up, you were a chicken, and you know you dodged. I saw quite a few kids get dummied outside of of class, but it never really got out of hand. And I wasn't one to stand by too long. I remember stepping in on a couple of fights, thinking they were just about to go too far, and uh, good enough, you know, was the uh, the thought that jumps into my mind when not I remember that we're those condoning days. Fighting. <laughs> right. that's, not that we're condoning fighting. It just things. Like that's how things were, were dealt with and were handled at that point in time. There was no, there was no egos bruised or we have. To, I have to get retribution because I got my ass kicked. If you shot your mouth off when, you, or you stepped yeah. on a line, or you did something you didn't, you shouldn't have done, and your ass was put back in line. That was it. Yeah. No. Wash your hands. And yeah. You know what? In the in the eighties, uh, you know, you could always find yourself in a position where. <clears throat> You know, perhaps uh, if you pick the fight with somebody that was half your size and, you know, you know, it was always tough to see the big brother show up (laughs) to deal to deal with that. And, you know, I definitely, uh, you know, I had a lot of respect for my older brother back then. You know, he was my big brother and I idolized him. He was a little older than I was, but I never asked him to step in on any of my fights. He's still a little older than you. He's still a little older. Yeah. Just checking. Yeah. You know, he's uh, He's about three years older than I am. So he was a senior when I was coming into high school. And, you know, he definitely had some pull. Uh, was a real winner with the ladies back then. You know, I had to live in his shadow. I was the uh, I was the fat kid, but it was sensitive. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, yeah, I, was, I was that overweight kid that, you know, went to camp. And the day they had whipped cream fights, I was in heaven. <laughs> you didn't work fighting you were eating the uh, yeah dude I, I just kept eating it <laughs> you know I was like oh my god finally some decent food because the stuff they uh, I fed us I can't picture you the like stuff I went, I went to Camp Rebuff I went to Camp Rebuff yeah with school because it was no, it was no 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 it was um, uh, you know over the uh, over the summer holiday Okay. Yeah, you know, you know what that is. That's that two months you get off every year That's as a right. teacher. <laughs> That's that thing that I worked for and got in my Boom! First blood, for. first blood goes to the Canadian <laughs> gun vault. Kostik doesn't even see it coming. Right? <laughs> All right. You'll never see it coming, buddy. <laughs> you got me back, you bastard. All right, for those of you that don't ah, don't come close to me with that, Jesus Christ. You get out of line. That's you know what? Okay, so Kostik the that he was gonna buy himself a cattle prod. We'll call we'll call it a cattle prod. You know what? That okay. Stop. Don't put that thing anywhere near me. You, you know what? Yeah, it's off. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I said what? Right, you scare me with that thing. You know that sound? Oh my god! Or oh, you're such a bastard. You're such a bastard. Don't touch me with that thing. At least he touched me with the wrong end. You just scared me a little bit for there. You. Know, uh, I gotta tell you. Um, that that sound for those of you that uh, don't know what that sound is. If you're listening and you're a police officer, I'm sure you know. If, you, if you've ever been on the receiving end, I know you know that sound, and I have been. Uh, you know, getting tased is not right, and it's not a taser; it's a cattle prod. So this is legal to own, and apparently, you know, farmers can use this stuff. And uh, so Kochnik has taken up, I guess, hor- you know, horticultural movement in his backyard. He's he's going to plant the garden. So yeah. I guess I guess he decided he was going to become. Um, old, McDo- old McDonald. <laughs> I'm thinking of getting some livestock. Right? So that's what I mean. That's why that, practicing to keep you're practicing. So, so, so that sound is the sound of you know the electrical current running through two uh, two prongs, and uh, of course tasers are totally illegal in in Canada. Uh, cattle prods are used, you know, for various purposes, uh, you know, and, and obviously Coach Nick uh, spends a little time on the farm, funny farm. And, yeah. and so so he got one of these things. And, of course, you know, we knew we were going to talk about uh, the subject of educational institutions at some point this evening. And he warned me, he said, I'll never see it coming if we get into it <laughs> on the air. Right? And I decided to throw the first verbal punch and he comes back with a cattle prod. You know what? You're, you're going to be short leash. You know, wow. Short leash. Wow. Okay. All right. It's on. I want to Don't worry. Shit, all right. Well, hold on. we're going to get back on topic. So yeah. I, I, wa- I want to talk about this. We're, we're talking about uh, young people. 
And I think it's really important uh, that people understand uh, that that young people today are, are certainly raised a lot different. They are much different. Oh, they're yes, they they're operating in a different environment. You know, uh, <laughs> I've had my conversations with young people, uh, basically ranging in age from 16 to, you know, uh, the bulk of them in their 20s, uh, and then some in their late uh, late 20s, and spoke to them about uh, the idea of. <clears throat> this government and how they feel about it and I mean I could start a conversation completely cold and yeah. you know like I've for me there when you've done it. yeah you know like you just looking at you like what's well going no on no you know it's it's important just to bring it up and you can you can bring it up in casual conversation you know people ask me you know hey you know where you been I haven't seen you in a while and mm. I say well you know the elections kept me busy and then of course that bit. that ends up turning into conversation about the government and I always ask the question so are are you happy with this current government you know, and are, are you happy that they're, you know, back, back in power? And I've gotten a range of answers uh, everywhere from, you know, um, going, you know, going in the right direction to like, I think they're complete idiots, you know, kind of hush, hushly whispered, you know, like I, I you know, so, so, you know, there's a nice broad range in there, but the bulk of them seem to, you know, definitely be talking about, you know, the liberal government platform and it sounds good. And, uh, you know, a lot of kids are seeing through it from what I can gather and a lot are not. And so, you know, I certainly remember my time uh, in high school was not contaminated much with politics outside of uh, the ones that my father was engaged in. Mm-hmm. And I, my interest level was nominal at best. I door knocked with him. I almost got eaten by about a million dogs in the uh, north end of Hamilton, you know, <laughs> you know, campaigning, campaigning with my father who treated it like, you know, a mini corporation takeover, which is why he was a success- successful politician for about 23 years. But um, definitely, though, kids today, like I'm surprised that but most kids, most kids seem completely disengaged from uh, the reality of what's going on. So we're so we're talking probably late, late high school, university age now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Obviously. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, speaking to young people has been really an enlightening experience for me. Uh, I'm hearing I'm hearing a lot of things. And I mean, certainly we'll get on the subject of teachers when it's appropriate. But uh, a lot of them uh, seem to feel that, you know, climate change is very important to them. And uh, I, I think that, you know, that's that's true. I've looked at all the kids and said it's important to me, too. Uh, I think that we should really take care of the planet uh, better we, than we have. We in should, but, but are they saying that because that's what the social media's feeding them? Uh, you know, I, do, I, like, I get, do they understand it? Do they I, get it? Well, again, or is it just what they're being told and being fed. Well, again, I ask, you know, where are you getting your source of information from? And you know, I'm getting, like I said, a range of answers. Uh, some people actually do their own research. Some, you know, seem to only research the mainstream media, which you know can can have a skewed view of reality well, that, that's why i posed the question right? yeah yeah you know like i mean i don't want to point any fingers but a certain news media group decided that they were going to uh, air a clip and say that it was a slaughter occurring in syria when in fact it was a machine gun demonstration in, in, uh, in kentucky apparently apparently knob creek well, is kentucky being is kind of another country right? yeah kind of by itself i'd love you know what i can you believe i've never been to knob creek uh shoot i've never been to that either have I. no you know what i'd I gotta, like to be i'd like to know, hit the south though. we're we're gonna we're gonna to get down there at some point perhaps we can contact the people that uh you know run that event and and ask them i've seen interested. video it looks fantastic yeah outstanding looks like a good time i definitely would like to get down there and see some of the hardware yeah. I, i've seen a lot of great things i've got friends that have gone and they say yeah. it's like an amazing time yeah. you know it's basically like uh like any other uh, rental gun range only it's outdoors and these are the collectors that you know have this fantastic machinery and they charge uh money and you yeah. can essentially shoot anything you want. Well, yeah, like, but when you like, say anything, like, you know, like, folks, when we say anything, like, some people drag out, like, 40 millimeter Bofors cannons. And you're shooting at cars and vehicles. Yeah, and, you know, they, they have remote controlled airplanes going by. And I mean, we're talking about fully automatic yeah. machine gun fire yeah. for the people out there that, you know, are just tuning in and don't know much about guns. Like, we're talking about, like, bonafide machine guns. And all these people in the U.S. Uh, own them legally that, that attend this event. Uh, it's a very serious crime to get caught with a uh, class three or a title three type firearm in in the united states without the proper licensing um you know i'm told the penalties are very severe and and no legitimate gun owner really wants to get anywhere near that action and they definitely know that you know it's important that they obey the law 
Um, you know, certainly the U.S. has a completely different set of rules than we do here in Canada. Uh, there, there are those types of items contained in this country, but they're held with uh, very, very old collectors and yeah. or museums yep. and, uh, you know, or, or bona fide businesses. <laughs> and, <clears throat> So, you know, like, let's get back to the news. You, you know, we've got this news media group passing off, you know, uh, basically a, a machine gun shoot as, as a Syrian war zone. And, and all these people are being slaughtered. And it's all because, you know, the government uh, pulled out and, you know, because Trump made the decision to pull troops out of there. And, and, and he's taking heat for that, too? Well, he's taking heat for that because, you know, like they're saying that people are going to die as a result. And, I mean, that may be true. And I'm going to sound really heartless when I say this, but uh, I, I have to say that if you look at it objectively and you, and you think without your heart for a second, if you, if you prolong the conflict, if your presence prolongs the conflict to the point where over time more people are going to die and, and and that includes the occupying uh troops that you know their lives are at risk too and people would like to see them come home so i mean uh trump sending the troops home bringing them back home you know and uh, definitely you know uh, letting the syrians uh sort out their problems it's going to result in some loss of life i would imagine and i would be you know totally amiss if i didn't tell you that that's horrible and tragic and you know those are real people and I, i'd never forget that but i mean if ultimately more lives are going to be lost spread out over a longer period of time and your purpose there is just to maintain some degree of control uh, you know, or you come back. I mean, like if they can sort out their problem relatively quickly, and and that's that's what's happening is is of course a uh, like they got the Syrian and Tur- Turkey ceasefires occurred. You know, and and Trump has made an address and said like that is because of us and no other reason. We're responsible for that. Like I mean, people say a lot of things about Trump, like he's an idiot, and you know he he that doesn't speak English even well and uh, that his tweets are abhorrent and I mean a lot of people have made the you know transition to like bigot and racist but I haven't really seen a lot of that you know he, he, he doesn't seem to have any problems with people of color or any ethnicity that I can see and yet he keeps on getting you know this tag hung on him by the Democrats who apparently have started impeachment hearings and locked the doors again, again well yeah so you know you've got this group of people that have been chasing Donald Trump for well over uh, two and a half years they haven't gotten anything on him yet they keep on saying he's like dead nuts they got him he's done that's it the impeachment hearings are going to occur it's over they're going to drop this you know this new report this new study whatever event happened I mean the last one with Pelosi was fantastic because they basically suckered her into to that one really fast. I guess there was some hearsay information about, you know, a conversation that some pressure may have been exerted, uh, you know, in exchange for, you know, uh, a favor for the U.S. president. And Pelosi jumped on it and said, we're going to impeach him. And if we don't get him on this, we'll get him on something else. And it's like, whoa, apparently the conversation never happened. And like the impeachment talks were like way they're just, too. They're, they're so focused on anything that Trump does, whether it's positive or negative, that that they're that nothing's getting done in government. So, yeah. So <clears throat> basically, you've got a president that's still managing to get her done. I mean, he's he's created now some peace uh, in parts of the world that were very dangerous. You know, like North Korea. You know, was looking. Everybody said that he was going to start World War Three. So far, all I've seen him do is like resolve conflicts. Like, I mean, you could and think he's an idiot and be the first U.S. president to meet with. With the North Korean leader. Yeah, Twice. ever. Ever. Like, I mean, we're, Twice. We're, yeah. So, so I mean, <laughs> if you think Trump's an idiot and you're listening to the mainstream media, because th- those, see, that's the thing that really bothers me is in the United States, you've got these news groups that seem to be like constantly attacking, you know, uh, Donald Trump. And I mean, by now with all, like, I mean, I, I could tell you that if they spent two and a half years trying to get the man and the report comes back and everybody's saying, that's it, it's, it's over, uh, you know, there is going to be no Trump 2020 and nothing happens yet again. And it's like, you guys just all shot your mouth off you're completely you know like you're, you're anything but credible I like I, I would think that most media groups would be tucking their tail and just you know reporting the news from that point forward instead of you know indicating a real slant but they keep on going they're they're on that guy non-stop these news media groups well yeah but like CNN has come out and said that they've in, that they've endorsed the Democrats so what do you expect well, you know what, though? I, I don't care that the news, they're supposed to be reporting objectively. Of so, course they are. Okay, so. Absolutely. Okay. When you come out and, and you endorse one part or the other, whether it's here, it doesn't matter if you're, if, if you're a Democrat or Republican or a liberal or, or, or a new Democrat or whatever. <laughs> I mean, that just goes, blows all credibility when, when you decide to, um, when you decide to side or endorse a certain political party or 
a party right then and there. You're done. Like how, how you have to take everything with a grain of salt. But people you don't can't take it at face value. I, it's well, not. It's not. It is no longer unbiased or objective. And, and the news is supposed to be. Right. Well, yeah. Because because it holds such influential power over over uh, its readers. Yeah. You know, and so for every news group out there that's sold out to the six hundred million dollar bailout money, if you've taken it, if you're one of those major media groups, right? Shame on you. (laughs) I want I want to say some nasty names, but I'm going to actually hold back. But I'm really disappointed in the money that is clearly being dispensed among uh, certain media news groups. Uh, I've definitely been like horrified by some of the stuff that came out of Global News Montreal with the you know gun lovers can go fuck themselves. Like yeah. when I saw that online and they tried to pass that one off as sort of an accident, uh, you know, uh, an employee that had been. Um, uh, yeah, we did. We did. We did the. That's when we were on out on the lake and we had the issue. Yeah, there. yeah. We were on the sea. We did the. That's when we talked about that. Yeah, but but if you're if you're a young person and you're listening to the mainstream <laughs> and news media groups, uh, more than take things with a grain of salt. <clears throat> I've seen them change the channel so quickly. You need to know that when that blackface thing broke out, people were get, picking up steam fast and immediately. You know, he came out with the gun control debate, uh, you know, and said, we're going to make some changes. There's, you know, too much violence in this country and, you know, involving firearms. We're going to do something about it. And I mean, that that brings us, of course, squarely to the issue of firearms. And I mean, I I think by now, unless you've been living underneath a rock, uh, you found out that we uh, currently have a liberal minority government uh, in power, much to our disappointment. Uh, you know, not everybody, uh, in the Atlantic provinces is an idiot, but, uh, definitely quite a few of you are for, uh, voting in again, uh, a liberal government that is clearly sinking the country's economy. So I can tell you right now that the money has to come from somewhere. Uh, I don't know what way you would vote, uh, but if you're uh, living half the year on government subsidies and you are uh, seasonally employed, uh, I can understand why you would want to take the money uh, and ensure that you know families get fed. I get all that. But when you know you're making decisions that ultimately are going to uh, destroy the country's economy and prevent you from getting that money you love so much, uh, I can tell you that um, you know, you, you're kind of short-sighted, you know, that you wouldn't see exactly what is happening. Alberta clearly is feeling, uh, the pinch. It's definitely, uh, you know, uh, there's definitely a growing separatist movement going on in Alberta. Like, I mean, do you, do you know much about that? Cause I, about uh, transfer payments? No, well, well, no, no, I'm, I'm shifting over to the, uh, to the Alberta separatist uh, oh, discussion. Oh, <laughs> Bit of a movement there, yeah, now, isn't there? Yeah, you know, people of Alberta are unhappy, and I, I think that the young people that well, voted in this election, I really think that their their input was really a, a I big don't think part. It's of just it. Alberta. It's no, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. It's the West, right? It's the West and Northern BC, I believe. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of blue uh, from the middle of the country on, and when I say the middle, I mean more like you know half of the country is clearly blue, and uh, they definitely want things to be uh, done in a way that uh, Justin Trudeau is not interested in doing. And, I mean, see, I guess the argument's been made that, you know, the climate is more important than anything, so they're shutting down one of Canada's major industries. And when I say major, I mean, like, it's like the industry that fuels a lot of uh, payments to other provinces. But it's not just the, it's not just the, the oil industry. Don't forget what... The grain. And yeah. the canola. Oh yeah. Oh Green yeah. Canola. And yeah. I think beef was on was on that. Oh yeah. As well. Yeah. So so for the people that are so just that's not being exported to China yeah. anymore because of Justin Trudeau. Yeah. Like okay. So for the young people listening in, uh, I think it's really important that you understand this. You're being told one thing in the media, and the exact opposite appears to be happening. Uh, they're telling you that they're going to pay for jobs uh, for you in the future, or they're they're going to you know give you more time to pay off your student loans. That's great. But if there's no jobs waiting out there for you, it's not going to matter. You're, you're still going to have to pay those loans and, back. And, and, and we talked about this a little bit the other night. I think might have been when we were watching the election. I can't recall, but it's been recently. And, 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 I mean, you got to look at what what degree are you getting? Mm-hmm. What like what degree are you pursuing that will? Are you get, pursuing a degree that's going to allow you to gain to to realize gainful employment when you're done? Yeah. 
Well, right? you know, I, well, well, I wonder, you know. I, well, I wonder what kind of jobs would be waiting for these kids, and I wonder what kind of courses they're taking. But I could tell you one thing. The one thing I've gotten from the young people that I'm, I've talked to is there's an awful lot of pressure from their peers and from uh, some of the uh, professors mm. and, and staff. Uh, to vote a certain way, and I've heard a lot of that, and and, and crushing, you know, opposition to any, um, you know, uh, opinion that might differ yeah. from from yours. So you know, like I've heard stories of people being thrown out of class for having an opinion that that is respectfully, um, you know, um, uh, exchanged with the teachers, and and has resulted in these kids getting thrown out of the classrooms. Uh, I've heard that on uh, numerous occasions from several people. And uh, then again, I've also talked to a lot of people that really feel that Justin Trudeau is doing this fantastic job and <clears throat> they don't understand the realities. I encourage every kid to take in the parliamentary sessions and watch him answer questions. If you think about it, he's not answering anything. Well, he hasn't for two and a half years. He, ha- he hasn't for like <clears throat> three years. And that and that's one thing, <clears throat> excuse me, with respect to education that would that we absolutely do agree on is I am. In all honesty, especially with the university crowd right now, it's like, I'm sure you would agree with me. When I was in school, any university campus across the country was, um, it was an environment where you could could express your opinion uh, respectfully, and that was, you were, there was, it was a form to do so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and people agreed to disagree. Yeah. And there was no... Kafuffle, and, and and it was even encouraged. Like that's mm-hmm. and, and and that goes back to that goes back to to the nineteen sixties. Yeah. If you think about it, with with the roots of free speech and and the summer love and hate Ashbury and and and, and um, University of California Berkeley, like it, it, if you want examples, university campus campuses or college or whatever. Uh, I'm just speaking from my experience. Is that it, it should be havens for express yourself respectfully without infringing on anybody else's rights and be able to live freely of course and that includes your opinion if your opinion differs then your opinion differs that's what it's all about that's what 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 gaining life experience is all about that's what becoming an adult is all, is all about is having an opinion that differs from somebody else and and being able to deal with it and move on and not have a mental breakdown and have to look for a safe space yeah yeah <clears throat> i've uh, you mentioned berkeley Right. Where was that school in the United States where the military? Kent opened? State. Kent State. That was. That's it. Uh, uh, Ohio, as far as I know. Yeah. Kent State. Yep. Yeah. So where the military know, fired on. They fired. Uh, they fired on the students, and on there students. were some that lost their lives. Yeah. 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 So, like, if you don't think that the government is capable of, you know, turning its guns on you in this century. Um, all we need to do is look to Venezuela, which was a very civilized country not that long ago, and they banned guns and they uh, instituted policies that caused the uh, country's economy to collapse. Uh, shortly thereafter, the only uh, assistance that was being offered from the government was uh, instruction on how to cook your pets. You know, because people were starving. There was no jobs, there was no food, and it was definitely, you know, paper uh, paper money in the streets meant nothing. You know, like, is that that's the kind of situation that can develop from these socialist policies, which they keep on uh, telling you kids is, is, is okay. You know, like, and the way it's described is very lazy. It's, very, you know, everybody's equal. Everybody's the same. Nobody's, nobody's got more or less. Well, inevitably, uh, there is somebody at the top that gets to do whatever they want. Justin Trudeau is going to be able to fly around in private jets, bring another jet to cart his luggage with him, and and his, and, and his cook. And you know, he can burn up as me- much energy as he wants, uh, living like an absolute <clears throat> king, while you guys all have to restrict your emissions and 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 do things that <clears throat> and pay for things. More importantly, because I mean, the taxes, you know. Already, they're taking you know a quarter to a third of your income away to pay for things that are supposed to be like essentials, you know that everybody should be entitled to. But now it's more like you know, uh, you know a third all the time if you're making anything past the bare minimum, and and I think that children today don't understand that this free stuff that they keep getting offered it's going to cost somewhere someplace uh you're, you're going to have to give up more of your paycheck to pay for it down the road this government is actually sinking you into debt they're like a credit card you know you can spend on it but like it accumulates interest and when i say that it's yeah, not it's because not, they know by the time that they're out of office they won't have to worry about 
the, the, re- the, the repercussions. Yeah. Oh no, they're gone. They'll leave it for somebody else. Absolutely. So, so for the young people out there listening, all this free stuff they're offering you is really like uh, it's a sales pitch. And I mean, they've they've really pitch it well to you guys by saying, look, well, you can pay back your loan later. Uh, you know, you, 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 we're going to set you up for a job in the future. I got to think about my future is what I heard from a number of kids. When I watched the CHCH coverage of the election night, oh, I was, I was appalled. That, was, that couldn't I, have been a more slanted, you know, panel. let's talk. Let's okay. Let's get our commentary from our all liberal panel. Oh, no, yeah. wait a minute. Let's, let's talk to this youth liberal, uh, you know, party worker, young, young liberal, yeah. young liberal let's talk to these people they're okay, liberals but, and uh, that's fine but how, how, how about some equal representation how about uh, get a young conservative and a young liberal and a young ndp nope nope can't have right. that or that would be that would be offering a different opinion i think they slipped an ndp person in there somewhere was it an accident you know what must Somebody have been went well, the uh, maybe in the background maybe maybe one of the other young liberals canceled i don't well, know maybe maybe somebody knocked see, some sense into them and, I don't. And it's it's <laughs> it, it, yeah but anyway it, it's a it's a, a huge concern of mine right now that that university campuses are seem to be pushing an agenda versus Educating. The open, the open forum. Yeah. Allowing an open forum. And yeah. I, had, I had the conversation with my niece, who's in grade 11, um, when I was driving her home the other day, yeah. talking about politics. And, and, and she's kind of curious. And, and I was congratulated her on being curious because yeah. not a lot her age are. Yeah. And I said, I said, you know, if, if, don't vote because your mom votes a certain way or don't vote because somebody else. I said, do your research. Go online. And do your research. And, and I said, all these uh, socialist type things right now. And I said to her, I said, socialism in theory, in theory is fantastic. But I also followed that up with do your research. See if you can find a society that that runs true socialism, true mm-hmm. socialism. You won't find one. And I said, there's some pretty nasty characters in history over the years that define themselves and, and label themselves as socialists. Well, you know, I, I can't believe some, some of the... Some pretty com- significant ones. I said, how'd that work out for, for you know, a, a huge segment of six million people mm-hmm. in, in the 1940s? Didn't work out too well for them. Yeah. You know, and, and, and they're so quick to throw around that term Nazi. You know, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a pretty serious one. When you look back in history and look at what the Nazis did, and I get, and I get it, you know, there's... Always going to be uh, another side to the story. I'm sure there's a lot of people uh, that, that were part of the Nazi party that kind of went along for the ride when they saw that things got out of control. When you have a dictator in power, they can pretty much uh, determine what you're allowed to say, think, uh, do, and, and they make those decisions for you. That's something that today's generation uh, doesn't understand. Speak to anybody over the age of you know, like 50 or 60, and they'll tell you how dangerous socialism can be. I mean, like it's, it's like nuclear energy. Yeah, in theory... It should work out well, but if you screw around with it, you don't know what you're doing. Like you get you get massive destruction. And, yeah, kind of right? problem. Yeah, like I mean, is, is it possible to harness it? Yes, it is. There are elements of socialism in our our Canadian system that work. And when I say they work, I mean they work sort of. It, like our healthcare system, you know, it's it's got an element of socialism to it. You know, there's basic coverage that everybody gets, yeah, and everybody's yeah. entitled to a certain standard of care. And and, and so in, in in our educational system, you know, we have we have uh, it, it's preset, and and there's definitely some elements uh, of socialism to that, like having kids in schools instead of everybody, I suppose, being homeschooled, doing their own thing, and getting a, you know a, a different standard from here to there uh, between teachings. But I mean, it has to be somewhat standardized, which is an, you know, and again, an element of socialism. So socialism can be harnessed, but full-on socialism, uh, and, and there's people that say that you know that wasn't real socialism. Every single time they've gone too far with socialism, anything more than we. We've had working well in Canada for, for many decades now. Um, anything more than that seems to usually end in people going to jail, people being hungry, uh, you know, all the way to people being killed in mass genocide. Loss of rights. Right. Loss of loss rights. Of freedom. Loss of freedom. And I mean, when I say loss of freedom, you, you think of that word, you think of freedom. I'm telling you that, you know, I experienced a little bit of that in policing. When you become a police officer, and I caution everybody out there going out there to get themselves, uh, you know, a badge and a gun and want to serve their community and that wonderful 
role, uh, you know, that important one that is police officer. Before you run out there and do it, know this, that once you sign on, you no longer really have your own personal opinions, certainly not publicly. Uh, if it's found out you have uh, certain strong opinions, uh, privately even, it can hurt you in promotional processes. Like, I mean, they really do control in a lot of ways. You're not allowed to talk to the, uh, to the media. Uh, certainly people have their opinions and they're you know, free to express them as they like, but there are some subjects you cannot touch without fear of being punished within that system. Held to a higher standard. Well, you're held to a higher standard. Always, and, 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 and you know what? And that's and that's important. Well, 24-7, you're expected to behave like a police officer 24-7, but you're not armed like one. No, and, but, but and, you know, again, and so, if you're out and, and, and um, people know that, that, that you're a police officer and you're sloppy drunk and carrying on and being an idiot, then that's going to reflect negatively. Yeah, right? yeah, no, abs- absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people assume that, you know, uh, a lot of things about police officers, including that they know a lot about guns and or they shoot them really well. That's another thing altogether. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to do another podcast. <laughs> we'll have another do, do another podcast. I'll talk about the girl at the police college that was standing next to me that would shoot at my target occasionally. And, you know, it's, it's very difficult to shoot uh, a sidearm, um, you know, with any degree of proficiency if you only work on it once a year. Uh, police uh, here in Canada, certainly in Hamilton, do a great job with their once-a-year qualifier. Love the staff there. Um, you know, always got great guys uh, running the training branch. But, uh, yeah, once a year, you're, you're, you're going to qualify. Brian, podcast Brian, I have multiple conversations about this where he and I both feel that if you gave police officers the ability to carry their guns off-duty, you could effectively quadruple the response to any threat. Uh, and it could be, uh, you know, in any place at any time where you know police officers could be found those that want to participate in that kind of activity should be allowed to carry their guns i mean if they're trusted to be police officers and they're expected to behave well like police officers 24 hours a day seven days a week um if they're expected to respond like a police officer and failure to do so uh you know is really frowned upon uh if you're expected to respond and you know and or feel good about yourself you know uh you know because you could respond in, in moments that would demand that kind of immediate response, you know, both Brian and I feel that it's a good idea. But, like, I mean, we recently got this um, uh, news from Halifax that one of their police police officers had her gun, I guess, in, in her purse and was caught uh, shoplifting or stealing from a store. So, yeah, yeah. And believe it or not, it's our uh, one of our one of our former uh, Hamilton uh, police administrators. Um, Whoops. Dan Kinsella, no, no, is now the chief of police out in Halifax, which yeah, I didn't I know. That yeah, yeah. So uh, Dan, uh, Dan's out there. He's the chief. <laughs> you know, uh, if you're listening, Dan, and uh, I, I definitely don't think you are right now, but maybe you will uh, at some point in the future. But uh, congratulations on going all the way out there to Halifax. Great part of the country. Oh yeah, fantastic place. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so uh, he's out there, and I guess he's uh, decreed that no police officer can carry off duty and or have their gun uh, in their own time. And, you know, that that's something that, you know, uh, taking guns away from police officers, uh, you know, it's really um, it's really uh, an action that, that strips them, you know, of their identity or the police identity within that gun culture. It's, you know, if you screw up bad enough that they take your gun and your badge, uh, you know, for temporarily, that's that's really, a, you know, a, an exercise in, you know flex from the administrators and they, they strip yep. you they strip you of you know what you uh, what you have that defines you in a lot of ways as a police officer but anyway so they're not allowing police officers to carry off duty and he said that now and I, I, I maybe it was a phenomenon that was occurring before uh, I know that police chiefs have the ability to uh, issue carry permits or to, to allow them to carry mm-hmm. off duty and uh, as per the criminal code they actually can anyway it's usually the policy within the service that forbids them from exercising uh, that that ability uh, in law like all police officers can carry guns mm. uh, according to the law but company policy dictates whether or not they're allowed to carry them uh, in their off time or bring them home right. uh, obviously you know there's always going to be people that um, are perhaps uh, a little less uh, trustworthy or I should say proficient uh, with their firearms that maybe I wouldn't have wanted to see carrying their guns uh, you know uh, at all times but there were others that were quite quite proficient uh, I think that the uh, training branch does a great job of bringing people up to speed every year and and most people were you know good, good enough that I would uh, like to have them next to me if uh, shit really hit the fan but 
uh, to stop police officers from doing that, you know, that's that's indeed, uh, you know, surprising to hear, especially in this day and age, um, you know, when the need to respond to immediate threats has never been greater. Uh, you know, and I'm not fear mongering. I'm just saying, like, I mean, they're obviously saying that gun control is a big enough issue uh, that they want to uh, address it. But of course, the way they're addressing it is by taking legally owned property away from gun owners and completely ignoring the smuggled guns that are coming across the border well, yeah. illegally, <laughs> which constitute uh, 99.9% of the guns involved in crimes and, and this is something I always want to talk about with young people is you have to understand there's two groups okay and think of it like cars you know there's people that drive to work every day there's people that drive for a living there's people that competitively you know get around a racetrack and love using cars and you know then there's the asshole that's never had a driver's license in his life who gets drunk and jumps uh, into a car that he steals and drives away and crashes into a utility pole he's got a dead body in the trunk and he was on his way to the grow up and I mean, in Hamilton, you could run into anything. Uh, but now uh, this guy is a total screw up. And he's, you know, he didn't even get the gun from this country. He brought it. He brought he stole it in the U.S. and then he brought it over here. That's the best analogy I can come up with, because what the government wants to do is they now want to take the cars away from the people that drive them every day to work and never cause any problems. They don't even get into accidents. These people use this car as a vehicle to get to the places they have to go. And and or they love them. They, they, you know, they, they bought the car that they always wanted. They, uh, you know, they accessorized it. You know, they, you dropped it. You put neon lights on it. Yeah, put a big yeah, yeah. Chico fin. Whatever you want to do, souped it up. You know, you got Nas. You got, you know, you got, you got a cam dropped in there. And I mean, like some people really love their cars. You know, and you got a system in the back. And you know, just, just imagine you get to customize and make your own car. If you could have done that as a kid, just imagine what you would have made. Oh yeah. So, so now because that idiot who doesn't have a license that got drunk uh, while he was partying and you know, like buff. Buffalo stole a car to drive over the border and then, you know, crashed into a pole. That that guy's behavior shouldn't dictate what the guy who's enjoying his, you know, latest CD. You know, like, what are the kids listening to now? MP3, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, whatever, right? It is. whatever it is. So, so that guy that acts like an idiot shouldn't dictate whether or not that guy with his car should be allowed to keep it. Right. Like, I mean, keep it, not forget, drive it, own it, like keep it like, OK, so so the government says, OK, we realize that you have uh, so much sunken. We're going to take your car from you, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Henderson, you've you know, we know that you drive it responsibly. We want to celebrate that people have been driving cars for a long time in this country, going to work and doing fun things. We get it. You know, no offense, but we, we need to take your car. They've been involved in more accidents. Uh, they've been driving around really fast, a lot of sightings in the city. And, you know, you're, you're sitting there saying, like, look, it's not my car I, I had nothing to do with this no 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 it wasn't you it was this it was this other guy so you get them you get the police at your door saying look we, we're gonna take your car but yeah we realize it wasn't you but uh that other guy he kind of stole a car in the usa and he's drunk and he doesn't have a license and he it wasn't his car but he ran it into a pole and because he did that um we got to take your car and so you as a car owner would say like Get bent. Get bent. What are you kidding me? Right? I mean, it would be absolutely ridiculous. And so, you know, then they say, well, no, no, you got to turn it in. And we're, you don't, don't worry. We're going to give you some money for your car. How much did you spend on your car? Yeah. I spent I spent $50,000 on my car in upgrades. The oh, car, the base yeah. value of the yeah. car is $60,000. So we're making for a grand total of, you know, like a, it's like a hundred and you know, $10,000 car now value wise, but I'm not interested in selling it because it's my pride and joy. And of course now uh, they say to you, well, no, 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 no. Okay. Don't, 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 don't worry. We're, we're going to give you some money for it. I don't want your money. No. Well, we're going to give you, we're going to give you exactly uh, 50% of its value. Yeah. That's what we're going to, don't worry. We're going to be giving you 50% of its value. And by the way, not the upgrade value, not the upgrade, but yeah. we're going to give you that yeah, the 50% of the base value. Cause the accessories are worth nothing to us. Yeah. And Oh, by the way, you can't keep those either. So, you know, like, so they're looking at you and they're saying they're going to take your car. They're not going to give you any money for it. It has nothing to do with you. The problem, whatever that problem was. And you know, you're, you're you know, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, like, there's no way I'm giving up my car. And, and if you're sitting there and you've worked for a car and you know what I'm talking about when you're young and you want to own your own car, if you ever had to work for your car, you know, it's not the kind of thing that you should, you know, take lightly. The idea that somebody would come into your life like the police or the government and snatch away your car for nothing. You, you'd be pretty upset about that. I think most people would. Yeah. Well, guns are cars. You know, if you just if you now replace anything, you know, uh, with AR-15, it's it's the government's reaching into our lives. Uh 
claiming that they're dealing with an issue that they're not uh, and that somehow this is going to improve public safety. They're going to come into our lives, take our privately owned, legally owned property. That's what they want to do anyway. They want to do that. They want to offer us, you know, some money for it, but we don't want it. And they're going to get it one way or another, which really money, taxpayer money. That's the best part. You know, they they said they were going to set aside some money to combat crime. This is their idea of combating crime. So all those people who don't like guns and that's fine. If you don't like guns, that's your, that's your prerogative or they're going to take your money on top of that. Yeah. And to, to uh, hypothetically, if this, you know, to, to pay off, the, the gun buyback. Okay, so... They're going to take your money. So they're taking millions of dollars, and they're going to put it towards paying for guns that will never be used in crimes. You know why? Because they're the daily commuters, they're the competitors, they're the uh, race car drivers. They're going to take these guns away from these people that are never going to commit a crime. All the while, they're going to do it with your tax money. So that, that money that goes missing off your check... Right. It's coming from that. And it could be a little bit less coming off your check, not wasting it on ridiculous efforts to try and solve a problem that has nothing to do with this group over here. And by the way, we don't want that money. No, 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 no. We want you to keep your money that you worked hard to earn. Exactly. Everybody should want to keep a little more of their paycheck. I I like to think that most people, when you, when you get out of school and you realize what it is to work Uh hard and and (laughs) lose a third of it to the government to watch them piss away that money that you gave them. All right, is ridiculous. It doesn't have to happen that way. And that's where the conservatives come in. Especially they know how to balance right. books and they paint yeah. they paint the conservatives up to be these monsters that don't want peace, that don't care about the environment. They want the more relaxed gun control laws. They paint these people, these 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 conservatives up to be this way and it's not true. It's not true. It's a complete lie. The conservatives, they don't care. Okay, that you're gay and you want to be married. There's no one that's going to rule the rules backwards in time and and take away rights from people uh, in the conservative camp. However, in the liberal side of things, they're more than willing to stomp over people's rights because you've got and they're not rights. They're privileges. They're, 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 they're privileges. I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you, folks, if you're listening in and you're a young person, you really don't own any property legally in this country. If you own something that you, you, you paid for for the hours that you work doing something that you don't really like, maybe, you know, and, and worked hard for it, lost a portion of that work and still found enough money left to buy yourself something that you really like to have the government want to take that is really something serious you know and and i think that it's really sad that people would not know the value of a thing yet so i really do believe that you know kids today getting raised by parents and giving into this horrible sense of entitlement that a lot of our young people seem to have you know they don't want to work a lot of hours there's a lot of ones that do too but like there's this this movement among them where there's this laziness and and and, and you know the sense of entitlement that they want to be handed things that i hate you know as millennials um, you know i don't want paint them with one big brush. I think that's kind of lazy. There's a lot of good kids in there too. I've met some of them. I, I met this one kid the other day. I, he was amazing, right? Like, I mean, 16 and so politically um, uh, aware of what was going on. You know, like I kind of asked him, you know, uh, if he was happy with the current government and he said, not really. And I looked at him and said, well, why? And he says, I don't think they should have gotten reelected. Like, I mean, my generation's going to be paying for oodles of debt. And I'm looking at them. I go, how old are you? Yeah, no kidding. How old are you? And he goes 16. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, you're an anomaly. Let me talk to you. This is like, you know, discovering the fucking Sasquatch. You know, I want to have a conversation because with this he, kid. Be, because he decided to, to burn a couple calories and do a little bit of work and research himself as opposed to just, you know, going along with the group thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the message I would send to a lot of young kids out there. And I don't want to forget this. Think for yourself. I, you know, as a police officer, I honestly never wanted anybody questioning my authority. I know best was this thought that was in my mind. And towards the end of my career, I started thinking about it. No, no, no. You know what? Uh, I may have a, a good heart and I may have the best of intentions, uh, but it's not my place. You know, to do that, and what I know is best. I mean, I can give you uh, some guidance, but ultimately, I should just tell. I used to tell people, my job, if I do it correctly, is to keep you out of jail. You know, if I can guide you uh, along the right path, or if I could steer you in the correct direction that you won't screw up, you know, I would do that. And and that's kind of the way I policed. And I, I didn't. As a result, I made my fair share of arrests, and I certainly got into my fair share of fights. Uh, but as a police officer, I always considered the measure of success how many people I could keep out of jail. Uh, you know, keep from reoffending that. That was me. 
and it didn't show well on paper and they wanted these statistics and I'm sure it may be very unpopular with some of my uh, superior officers but you know I, I did what I could to improve the city and that was my approach to it um, you know there was that honest cops video a lot of people thought that that was you know uh, fantastic on YouTube that was just one of many things that I you know uh, remember my career as being like just crazy crazy moments like to be a police officer today it's really difficult um, you know you wear a lot of hats and, mm -hmm. I, and I can't emphasize this enough for all you cop haters out there you know chances are you did some shit that brought it on yourself because yeah. you know because yeah. oh you know well, I, I just I just want to say like yeah. you know what a lot, a lot of cops I know are lazy and they're not interested in doing more paperwork than is absolutely necessary so you know uh, more often than not it's uh, much easier to uh, have you behave and 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 that way I, I prevent myself from you know filling out um, you know incident reports and or use of force reports I would rather go through my ship and sip a coffee and wave to nice people. Uh, but that doesn't always happen in major metropolitan cities. I get that. But being a police officer today is tough. It really, it really is. Sure it is. Yeah. You know, being a teacher is not tough, though. <laughs> no! Ba-boom! Got you. Didn't even see that one coming, did you? You put that thing away. You put that thing away. You don't... Uh, you know what? That was, hey, look. It's not my fault. <laughs> you know what? Your guard went down and... Po! Morelli lands out. Right! <laughs> A uh, haymaker. You know, let's let's uh, let's talk about something more positive. Uh, what are we what are we seeing out there in terms of new things in the firearm community? What, what uh, uh, products? Products. Uh, I did see something posted on Trigger's website today. Yep. Um, I think they're down in Florida oh, at the Armalite. I know what it is. Uh, yeah. I know what it is. That, I, brought, you know, that, that brought a smile to my face. Wow. You know what? Like that. That was that was cool. Um, you know, he put up a couple of posts. He's got a couple of uh, really great new things coming. Whoops. Uh, you know what? We always have like cop shows playing live PD playing in the background, on. and all I see is a, a dash cam and a car piling up into the back of a police car. That can't be good. No. Yeah, no, no. That, that that probably makes for a bad day. And I, I have seen what is it, that the GSG twenty two. Twenty two, yeah. That looks pretty neat. Yeah, for no, that, like four hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah, that's couple twenty two round mags. Is that is that is that the one that looks like the uh, SDG forty four? That German. Sorry, uh, that's yeah, what I meant. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, but the that's what I meant. Yeah, okay, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But that's what it is. It's the GSG SDG twenty two or something that. like that. Yeah, I saw that. I've seen that posted a few in a few different places in the last week and that's a pretty nice looking unit yeah i'm yeah. curious to get my hands on one yeah there's uh there's there's a there's a couple new things uh what what, what did i try well i you know i ran i ran the new um f12 i got, I got the loyalist I got, I got, that's, that's, oh, the, yeah. Yeah. We, we, well, we, when we, when we did the um, trigger wholesale uh, giveaway last, we had one of the new F, F, F12s there. And of course, it's a uh, semi automatic shotgun. It, its uh, capacity is limited to five rounds, but uh, it's really a cool unit. And I've, I've enjoyed, um, you know, already that gun. Like, what a fantastic, uh, you know, piece of equipment. I can see why competitors are getting on them really fast. Like, they, they work well. Um, you know, Charlotte, the brass loving brunette, she got hers a couple of years back. And I'll tell you, I had to loan of that one for a bit and they, they were a great gun, but, uh, so they're, they're bringing these F12s in now and they got like 40 colors. So I'm like really yeah. happy. Yeah. You know, there's, there's an endless supply of, uh, colors. I was uh, thinking today it would be really nice. Hint, 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 <clears throat> TWI yeah. to maybe get some of those, uh, clones in different colors. What the, the M4 Benelli clones? Yeah. What the Tac 12s? I wonder if that's possible. Oh, I, I could see that one. I, I digital camo. Digital camo. Digital camo. What do you think of that? The gamers, uh, yeah. the gamers will go wild. Or the the cryptic, the ghost. Yeah. Was it the the black camel or gray camel? That would be cool. That yeah. That would be cool. So I, just just saying. So, oh yeah, you know, a little hint, hint, nudge, yeah. nudge. Yeah. For the good people of Trigger Wholesale, if you're paying attention. Um, what what else what else is going on out there right now? Uh, certainly. So, well, I, but th see, the thing is, I think we're all kind of everybody's the, the dust is still settling from the election. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The, so, the, 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 re the reports of baloney ballots are appearing all over the place, too. I've got a great story for you at work. Mm -hmm. One of my colleagues went to vote. Yeah. And the person in front of him stepped up with their voting card. Yeah. And the person went the, the election official went down the list. Oh, no, you've already been taken off the list. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you're kidding? No, I'm not. Oh, boy. I'll tell you, man. 
so like the guy had all his the person I don't sorry I don't know if it was a guy or a girl but <clears throat> the person had their voting card had their ID yeah. right which has your picture your address yada yada and they told they, their name is already stroked off the list yeah. yeah so you can't vote so I I don't know what the resolution was or what what well somebody screwed up it, somebody somebody screwed up and you know that's why it's important that you be very careful but then the, the sorry but then the conversation turned to this whole thing about well if you bring somebody that can vouch for you and you bring a bill what yeah there were, oh, i've seen man. that i've seen that wow. online well you know I what said, there's just an opportunity for rampant you know voters fraud fraud yeah, yeah you, well you know what the minute that i walked in and the person said you mark it off with a pencil i was suspicious i you know what i in this day and age you can't provide people with sharpies and some you know place what, some places did uh, did the place, the place i voted at let me guess alberta did i'll bet you alberta did i'll bet you manitoba did and i'll bet you saskatchewan did or at the place i voted at had, yeah. had golf pencils yeah uh, the plates. Other people at work were saying that there was pens or sharpies or whatever. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. I'm. You know what? I find any government that insists on it being done in pencil and without the benefit of Scantron machines, you know, where there can be a digital record yeah. to be recovered, uh, you know, to to. I've heard reports of people uh, marking their ballots and the ballots being opened right in front of them by the person they hand them to. And before they get placed in the box, I, you know, I think I recall seeing that myself uh, now that I think about it. And, and now just in retrospect, you know, you assume that the people that are at Elections Canada are, you know, business. yeah, you know what? Exactly. It's a very private thing, actually. But uh, when when I left, the gentleman told me I have to count all these later. And, you know, what? I, I looked at him and I certainly I don't want to be. <laughs> accused of uh, prejudicial type treatment. But, you know, I, I got the sensation uh, that there were a lot of liberals in the room. And, you know, you can say what you want about that. Uh, I spent my 20 years around people as a police officer and you can get a sense of a room. And, and that's fair. Uh, you know, it might be I might be completely wrong. But you know what, though, I had my suspicion between voters cards being handed out uh, like candy and apparently a lot of names on the voters list that are either not alive or don't yeah. live here anymore. And, they, you know, people didn't respond when, people, when they were, I guess, Elections Canada reached out to them so they yeah. were just automatically yeah taken off the list yeah so so anyway uh i always had my suspicions that a uh, trudeau government that's gone as far as this one has uh for as much lying as i believe that they've done uh, i think that it would not be in their in best interest to not you know uh rig an election so like I'm, I'm just gonna come right out and say it i mean between buying the media and certainly the voters cards changing the rules you know you didn't need to have anything other than a voters card with you uh you know to present uh to, in order to vote you know those those kinds of things are all sort of geared towards you know uh, leaving opportunities for massive voters fraud and to hear reports now already which will be i'm sure suppressed in the news media that that won't write about you know massive voter fraud i mean they change the channel so quickly on the blackface matter that if there's any suggestion of any kind of rules being broken uh i'm sure that people will snap to right away and demand an investigation that will be immediately shot down by the trudeau government working in concert with someone in order to make sure it happens now i love the position they're in right now because it does leave them kind of open you know people ask me when i thought about the election you know hey anything's better than a liberal majority again uh at least you know we got a chance with a minority that means they have to be backed by somebody to get things through so obviously there's some wiggle room and a lot of people don't realize that that, that a lot of backroom deals get made uh, regarding you know uh, any kind of legislation or you know city bylaws that's just that's the way that's, that's, pol that's politics politics for that's politics politics how you know long it, however long it's been around yeah so i mean you know for 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 uh people to now i would i would caution definitely this government i mean they really uh they really don't even need to do it the rcmp has the power to do it but the rcmp to try and ban rifles uh on the west coast all the way to the middle of the country would be exceedingly difficult we know how much alberta loves its guns we know how much bc loves its guns i i was in saskatchewan i saw a canadian tire that would have been the um, uh, the gun store gem of any major metropolitan city right inside a Canadian tire. I was like, wow, like this is a full-on gun store. This isn't like a gun section. And, you know, they have a big thing for guns out there. Uh, there's definitely a lot of guys that I love that live out that way. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them actually in the future, not too, uh, not too far from now.
you know, uh, Arson Fitness, uh, Maccabee, you know, Wyatt and uh, Shayna and of course, Big Gunner. Uh, you know, I got a lot of people uh, out West I'd like to pay visits to. Uh, at some point, you're going to be hosting me and I'm going to do a little <laughs> shooting with you. Um, but, you know, like to, to, to actually take a run, like, I mean, if they're willing to chase the energy sector out of Alberta, they don't care much about anything. Uh, they're not really looking at, you know, the possible outcomes. I've always maintained that, um, you know, if this government makes a move and decides to ban uh, firearms on mass and threaten confiscation that there's a lot of problems that come with that and that's the stuff that they don't tell you kids in the news and and this is an important one um, whenever you decide to steal something from somebody there's always the risk that that other person might fight back or get upset or that it, there's going to be some kind of problem it's a tense situation regardless of what happens of course. if somebody tries to steal uh, your property from you you're going to be upset and there's always potential for things to go wrong in that situation this government in the face of all evidence to the contrary has arrived at the conclusion that they want to target legal gun owners and convince you guys that they're doing something about the problem of crime and guns in the streets when in fact they're doing nothing so they're leaving the problem alone it's only going to get worse that's, that's yeah it's all so, so all, all the crime that's going on, nothing's going to be done to affect that. That's going to continue. There are there are ways to address those issues. Uh, there, there's guns flooding across from the American borders that we cannot stop, given the level of personnel that we have available and the resources are, are at hand. Uh, but certainly, a, a move in that direction properly addresses the issue. The guns that are being used, and we talked about this earlier, the guns that are being used are the illegal guns. Those are the ones that are coming across the border. They're ending up in gang members' hands, and those. Those have nothing to do with the legitimately used um, ones that are used for competitive purposes, the ones that are collected, the ones that are, are, are uh, used for target shooting and you know hunting. And so this group of people over here that legitimately use firearms are the daily commuters and the people that just you know drive cars every day that never cause any problems. They, they shouldn't have to lose this property, but the government is, is threatening to take it. And uh, certainly they did the same thing over in New Zealand. And right away, somebody died. There was somebody that was shot uh, while they were trying to recover firearms. And while I would never endorse that anybody take that kind of action, I could see why people are, are going to be upset about this. And it does create a lot of tension. You know, if police officers, police officers ever have to go uh, into people's houses to take things forcefully, that's that's not cool. And I mean, these people were in total compliance with the law, some of them up to like 40 and 50 years prior that may be subject to, to this sudden seizure. And it's something that we kind of, I think, mentioned before in previous podcasts, podcasts is that it sets a dangerous precedent because, oh, yeah. because if they not president precedent precedent yeah just clarifying yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, because what's next well you if, know if they can do it and it's successful with that then what what if something else comes up that they don't like or doesn't cars well, forget cars. I'm just saying, like it could be, it could be necessarily anything that that doesn't serve their agenda. Well, no, no, no but I, but I fit their their vision. No, no, but but now, well, if you can imagine, folks, all right, and and you, a lot of people always get upset when you know the comparisons are drawn at any time between firearms and automobiles, and I get it, folks. Like, I mean, they're not the same thing, but uh, but the analogies are are accurate. Um, what if the government, like, if you think it's okay for the government to seize my property, right? Because I'm an AR-15 owner. If you think it's okay for the government to seize my property and 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 just take it from me, and um, they should be able to do that in the interest of the better good, uh, you know, for the public uh, safety. If you think that it's okay for them to do that, but there's really no evidence uh, to suggest they should be doing it, and if anything, if there is any problem at all, uh, they're not doing anything to address it. So if you think it's okay that they don't demonstrate clearly a justifiable reason for taking property, it doesn't matter that it's a gun. I know, I know that some people get stuck on the fact that it's a gun. Just, just think of it as property. It's, a, it's, it's the philosophy behind it. It's the it. philosophy behind it. So now you don't really own property here in Canada. It's property of the crown. Everything that you work for and own is actually the crown's property, and they could take it from you at any time. And in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, it is not written that you are entitled to property rights. So you need to know that everything that you own is subject to seizure by the crown. That means the government can take it by force if necessary uh, if there's a change in law. And so now there's been a change of law. So forget that it's firearms. So now we're talking about just property. So the government hasn't demonstrated that they should take the property. There's no no evidence to suggest it will in any way enhance public safety. And these people have done nothing wrong. So they've committed no crime. And yet they're going to be subject to the same kind of seizure that police uh, will perform when arresting somebody. 
They see nothing wrong with it because it, it has nothing to do with that. And, and a lot of people don't have anything invested in it, and that's fine. Uh, you know, Maybe they won't ever have the uh, true appreciation until something is taken from them. Exactly. So I want you to imagine if they can do this. Now, what's to stop them from somewhere down the road uh, deciding that uh, independently owned cars are too bad for the environment? So instead, you will not be allowed to own a car. It's bad for the environment. It, it, emits, uh, it emits gases. Um, we're killing the energy sector over here in Alberta, and so the country's going to be pretty poor very shortly uh, because the equalization payments that come from the money generated by all that oil that you guys love driving around in your cars in and doing all the fun stuff that you do, um, you need to know that that money uh, comes from Alberta and places like Saskatchewan that like they're major growers of grains and whatnot. Well, this government has sank us on so many fronts. They're killing the industry that pays for everything across the board because money gets dispensed to the different provinces. And we're talking billions of dollars. And and at the same time, screws up negotiations over the trade of major grains coming out of the center of our country, beautiful Saskatchewan, flat as a board. Uh, you know, we lost, you know, the canola deals to the Chinese. Now, they want our canola, but they're not buying our canola. So now there's a surplus. It affects the markets. There's so many things that come from this that are bad for the country. Like, basically, our two staple products are big money makers have been affected by this government's policies and, and they're screwing us into a corner where the country is going to get itself in massive economic problems very shortly so by pushing the climate change uh, importance issue uh, on Alberta in the form of shutting down these pipelines. And I mean, you can argue you want pipelines, you don't want pipelines. We need to develop these resources that pay for everything in the country if we're to maintain this standard. But they're killing that industry, and as a result, the whole country is going to suffer. 